0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Toe Meets the Letter podcast. I'm Logan, and joining me today is our analyst uh, out in Texas, Artem. How's it going today? Hey,
1: hey, hey. It's
0: a sunny day. So I want to get— to talk
1: about football.
0: <laughs> Any day is a great day to talk about football. So I want to get right into it. We're going to start off with the biggest news of the week. This is bigger than the games canceled by Irma. This is bigger than Deshaun Watson getting his first start at the Texans. This is bigger than North Korea shooting nuclear ballistic missiles over Japan like it just happened an hour ago. This is the fact that College Game Day is going to Times Square for the first time in history, and that just pisses me off. What the hell is wrong with ESPN? They're not even having College Game Day from a college campus for the first time in history. What is wrong with you, Artem? What are your thoughts on this travesty to justice?
1: That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, I would, I, I think it's a dishonor to schools playing this weekend uh, that could probably deserve some airtime. Uh, you got some good matchups um this weekend that could have received some of that free marketing that they do and some more fanfare and get some fans riled up about teams that they may not be so excited about. So it's kind of upsetting that
0: um they're not doing that this year or this week, excuse me. I mean it is shocking to me. I mean, God, you've got so many teams out there that are clamoring to have this program and then they just blatantly dodge out like, Well there aren't any interesting games this week, so we're just <clears> not gonna <throat> go to a campus. And that's even bigger to me because, like you said, there are a lot of interesting games this week. I don't know if it's the hurricane or if it's just something that's frustrating to them, but that's so shocking. Anyway.
1: We well, got Kentucky, South Carolina, which are both kind of dark horses. You got Clemson, Louisville you could have picked. Arizona State, Texas Tech shootout. No, I, I,
0: mu- I think I might have misspoke. I meant next week. So not the games this week. Keep in mind... There are a few of those, but I know Colorado and Washington, for example, are playing next week. That's a pretty, that's a pretty darn good game. Just jump ship on. But, uh, and I think uh, Oklahoma state's got a pretty big opponent. I forget who it is, but you know, I think they're afraid of doubling up at uh, bedlam. It's kind of a sad (laughs) state of affairs. Anyway, I know I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm going to baby rage all I want about that. But Let's get back to the main topic. Uh, We want to talk about college football week two. So there were some pretty interesting games overall. Um, Artem, before we get to our key matchups, were there any games in particular that caught your eye?
1: You know, I was in College Station this weekend um, watching my Aggies play and uh, a very interesting matchup. So I didn't get a chance to watch any of the the later games, which is – I was very confused about why every single good game that's like a top 25 matchup was scheduled at six, at the same time pretty much this weekend, 6 o'clock, six thirty seven. Instead of, you know, usually there's like a 2.30 game. Usually you have a game you watch at 11 o'clock. But uh, what I'm trying to get at is I didn't actually watch the Auburn-Clemson game, but I think a lot came out of that game. We learned uh, a lot of different things uh, regarding – You know, uh, Clemson's offense, Auburn's offense uh, with Stidham this year, uh, both of their defenses. I think Auburn's offense is not as good as everybody thought they were, but their defense is better than they thought they were. Um, A lot of kind of overdoing, underachieving situations going on. I hope. Uh, You had OSU-OU hype. You know, and all the fun that happened
0: there. Before we jump on, I want to stick on that Auburn-Clemson game for a second. I hope Auburn's defense – well, I shouldn't hope. But Auburn fans should hope their defense is better than people thought they were. They put up 79 yards in the air and 38 yards on the ground. Mike, you barely got over 100 yards in that game total. Like, come on, guys. I'm I'm pretty (laughs) – I don't know this for certain, but I'm pretty sure whatever the – FCS the uh, minor league school that Clemson played week one probably put up more yards than that. That was shocking to me
1: uh, What well, that's the interesting part, right? Is it just the fact that Clemson reloaded on defense and some of the youngsters they had le- Last year
0: are that good now or is it the fact that Auburn sucks? <laughs> I want to believe it's because Auburn sucks, but uh, <laughs> Well, only time will tell on that one. Clemson's a good team. I'm honestly kind of shocked They struggled as much on offense as they did But you might hype it up to big-time game jitters. I'm sure it's the first time uh, Bryant got a big start in a game. Uh, It's kind of hard to say, though. Uh, We'll have to – only time will tell. He did end up kind of pulling a uh, (laughs) Lamar Jackson and ended up winning basically by himself with uh, 59 rushing yards, two touchdowns on the ground, and 181 passing yards. But we'll see what happens. Maybe he'll be the next uh, Sean – Watson, only time will tell. But as you're moving on, you were talking about, uh, I kind of cut you off, but I'll go ahead and lead in. Oklahoma and Ohio State had another game that was very similar for the first half. There was no scoring at all. And all of a sudden, Baker uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield and J.T. Barrett decided they needed to kick it into action. Uh, oddly, oddly enough, OSU couldn't really hang with them in the long term, but Oklahoma managed to stay in it so I know last week, I believe you were one of the, Artem, you were one of the people that picked Ohio State. What were your thoughts on that?
1: I was, and I think what I, as well as many other people, if we didn't already know what we learned, was the fact that JT Barrett can't throw and probably won't make it in the NFL. If you can't throw and read coverages, uh, you're going to have to be a running back to make it anywhere. Um, I think uh, Ohio, I thought Ohio State would be able to, kind of load up on their uh true freshman jk dobbins run behind him and then that would open up the throwing game but that didn't uh that didn't seem to happen so i think uh early on this season we found out that ohio state was overhyped instead of at the end of the season as has been the last two years um i think part of the reason they lost ou this year was because they got blown out in the playoffs Um, I think their team lost confidence then and now when they get into closed games. I don't think they can handle it as well as
0: they could before. So you think it's a psychological thing?
1: I I definitely think it was a psychological loss. um, Ohio State has better offensive, bigger offensive linemen than OU, so they should be able to run the ball freely on them. The fact that they weren't able to do so is more of a psychological thing than, I would say, a game scheme situation because they beat them last year.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that would make sense based on what we saw at Indiana and – this week, being at home against Oklahoma, honestly, I was I was expecting it to be closer. Honestly, I did pick Oklahoma to win. I thought they had more talent overall, especially with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. For all the reasons you just said about JT Barrett, I, I kind of view him as more being like a Michael Vick. I don't think he's absolutely god-awful, but his proficiency is running the ball, and breaking plays mm-hmm. open because he can run the ball. He's like Jalen Hurts is another comparable quarterback, and I just don't think that's a good quarterback. Mayfield uh, actually has talent throwing the ball. Now, he's a pocket passer. You're worried about him scrambling or anything like that, but at the end of the day, if you're putting up 400 yards every game through the air, I can't complain too much. Uh, I was just shocked that it was such a big difference in the score. I feel like OSU really let them, Oklahoma, run away with it at the end of the day, and that was unusual, especially at home. Uh,
1: we'll
0: we'll see if they bounce back this week against army. I would imagine they're not going to have any problems, but who knows? They've really struggled these first two games. Uh, next up on the list. Oh,
1: I think, uh, I think, OU won, but I think Baker Mayfield lost that week. I think, um, he is not thinking past, uh, the week that he's playing or maybe the minute that he's playing and his little, uh, Outburst where he ran the flag out in the middle of the field and started waving it. And then in an the interview, they asked him why he started doing that, and his whole team was rallying around him. Uh, he said, well, they were singing their song in our field last year. Um, I think um, I think if you're somebody like, uh, oh, gosh, who's a good quarterback that hasn't gotten in trouble? Uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold did that, people would be like, man, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, you're such a great kid. You haven't gotten in trouble. This is like the only outburst. Whatever he's just trying to hide the team up. When you got Baker Mayfield, who got arrested uh, for public intoxication, case escaping from the cops, uh, <laughs> and then you pull this kind of stuff, you're not going high in the draft. he, yeah. he may have been a second rounder, and now he just dropped to fifth or sixth. With some teams.
0: Well, and it does it does bring back uh, s- memories of a certain quarterback coming out of Texas A&M. <clears throat> uh, but uh, yeah, well, it's it's only it's hard to say. I. Some of this you can chalk up to passion, and but at the end of the day, yeah, you can't keep having crazy outbursts like that. It's not a good thing if you're going to try and get drafted high. Well, time right. will you tell. Don't
1: wanna, you don't want to build a pattern.
0: Nah, time will tell. Honestly, I, I think for Mayfield has honestly kind of gotten lost in the quarterbacks between, you know, Lamar Jackson and Josh Rosen, of all people, who is <laughs> hasn't really done anything. Uh he, he's kind of hit the back burner recently and maybe that's because of his off the field issues but it also could just be a bad personality in general. Uh, the, other one, the other thing I wanted to touch on before we went to Stanford uh, USC was uh, I really don't want Oklahoma to keep performing like this because I want us to go back to pretending like the Big 12 doesn't exist and it's going to be really hard to do that if they keep winning every game in dominating fashion. Uh, only time will tell. Next up uh, Stanford USC. So this was a pretty late game. Were you not able to watch this one? Uh, Artem.
1: Uh, yeah, it was around the same time that I was driving back. Uh, I was able to catch kind of the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, I was very surprised by how much USC kind of blew them out. Um, I thought the Stanford for defense would be able to hold them as they did, uh, the year before. Um, but it was, it was only close for a little bit, and then all of a sudden Stanford got blown out in the second half. So I think uh, USC and Helton are just really good at making adjustments, and uh, they saw what Stanford was giving them, and it kind of uh, exploded their weaknesses. You know, Maybe Stanford got a little hot-headed after beating up on Rice in Australia and thought they were a little bit better than they were walking into the game. You know, uh, Usually I feel like they are the underdog to USC just because of all the talent that goes through. Um, but this year, uh, they kind of walked in there thinking they're the big dog, and that might might be what killed them, honestly.
0: Yeah, honestly, this might just be USC's talent finally coming to a head at some point because they've been building talent forever, and they just have never had anybody, at least in the recent years, that's been able to take advantage of having all that talent. So maybe they finally got it the setup and the coach and everything in the right position to make this work. Yeah, I was more surprised by Stanford's offense, honestly, I know they lost Christian McCaffrey, but still they got held really badly through the air to only 170 yards, basically 172, if you want to get technical about it. And then their running back actually did pretty well, 160 yards on the ground. So I was kind of wondering why they weren't running more play action, trying to get things going through the air. They just seemed to really struggle at the end of the day. And that quarterback deficiency might just be what kills him for the rest of the year. Uh, I know Andrew and Tommy were picking Stanford again this year to kind of come out on top over Washington, which is a bit surprising given what they did last year, but uh, we'll see. Stanford didn't have a very good showing at all. The other thing I want to touch on with this one is based on what we saw last week, uh, or sorry, the week before, with how Western Michigan held USC in check, I wonder what that. Says about how good Western Michigan is as a team. I mean, you keep looking at these matchups, and you're like, you know, they, they can't be as good as last year, but uh, they're consistent, consistently surprising people. Not they're not winning these games, but they're sure getting very close on the end at the end of it. So, Artem, uh, since you did since that was the one game you watched, why don't you tell us about the Texas A and M game? I mean, personally, I'm kind of interested to hear about what the atmosphere is like in one of those games. Cause I know you've got that stadium that's designed to uh, maximize sound out on the field, but I also want to know what you saw on your team bouncing back from uh, what was a pretty rough week one to say the least.
1: Uh, you know, it was very interesting kind of sitting with the, the, the plebs or the plebes, however you want to pronounce it uh, in the stands uh, was a very interesting experience because you had fans that, uh, we, we were up 14-0, right? And then they came back and they got a field goal in. So it was 14-3 and then 14-6. And then eventually it was 14-14 at one point in the third or fourth quarter. So we're sitting there, you know, playing um, pretty much a no-name opponent in FCS school. And uh, you got fans that are like, oh, my God, we're at 14-14 in the fourth quarter. And people start getting rowdy and stuff. But <laughs> it was just uh, watching – it was funny watching – uh, the atmosphere, because when it started out, the fan base wasn't as rowdy as they usually are. Uh, usually they come out, and the, they're real rowdy from the very beginning. Like, fir- first, third down, we're like, all right, everybody's yelling and stuff. And they can hear it, and they don't get the third down. This time it was like, oh, man, we're playing Nickel State. You guys don't need us to yell that hard. <laughs> you guys got talent on the go get them. So it was funny watching the progression from uh, us being 14-0 and the fan base c- kind of not being super engaged and then it being 14-14 all of a sudden, and you're like, oh, crap, let's start yelling because it's Nickel State. Like, <laughs> it's all about, <laughs> it doesn't matter how dirty the win is, just freaking win this game. We can't afford
0: uh, to go 0-2 here, you know. Yeah, forget about Sumlin. This is just the program in general. Can't afford to go 0-2 here. Uh, exactly.
1: And uh, it was it was interesting watching the development. So uh, I have a, a little bit of an insight as far as what's going on, and um from a person who just casually watches football, you wouldn't be able to tell, and you'd be like, Sumlin, what are you doing? Why is there a true freshman out there? Uh, but uh, kind of following the program closely, you could see that um, there were definite weaknesses that Nichols State have, uh, has still. We could have run the ball on them uh, all game, but we came out throwing the ball. Uh, we threw the ball many times. Our uh, freshman, before getting taken out in the, at the end of the third quarter, threw uh, 25 attempts, I believe. And uh, we could have been, you know, probably should have been throwing half of that on play action after running a bunch. So it was interesting to see that um, our coaching staff doesn't see the backup being the true answer, uh, the redshirt senior, and they know that they need to develop true talent. So they put a bunch of freshmen out on the field and they said, here's our game plan. You know, let's, uh, let's see if we can beat them. Um, eventually, the, they replaced the, the true freshman which I thought was a very smart decision. I think a lot of coaches are kind of afraid to switch quarterbacks because it'll kind of ruin the team psyche or ruin his psyche. But uh, it's the second week in a row almost now. What what they've done is uh, uh, they've given the true freshman enough confidence to say, we are confident in you to go out there and kind of put the game on your shoulders, but we're not going to put a loss on your shoulders. We'll put somebody else in there. That way you don't feel like it's you know necessarily your fault. Um and they let kind of the senior finish out the game and pull a little bit further away um
0: yeah i mean that's got to be stressful though when you're seeing all those changes while it's such a close game i mean that was i know that you picked them to win not by a lot of points but i'm sure you weren't expecting it to be that close
1: i was not i was expecting it to be a blowout in the first half and then them catching up while we were playing backups what i didn't realize is the fact that everybody but two of our wide receivers is a freshman or true freshman that has never touched the ball in a real game before so uh considering that uh it was interesting watching them kind of essentially develop players in the game atmosphere uh them some game reps and get them ready for a school like arkansas
0: yeah on the plus side yeah you do get some a little bit more time to manage this upcoming week so you've got some extra stuff to work with it's it's just I know it's stressful, especially after Week One. You don't you want to see your team come out and kick some tail. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that plays out in the future. And of course, Georgia Tech. Um, came. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Someone kind of pointed it out uh, last week. They didn't finish uh, against UCLA, and this week they came out and they were down fourteen, or they weren't down, but they were. See, uh, the players, the coaches, kind of rally together. Uh, figure out how to defeat an opponent no matter who it is right you're at home an fcs school is tied with you you're still going to be nervous you're not going to be at your top confidence levels and you go out, win the game
0: that's awesome. yeah i mean you got that's at the end of the day that's just what you got to do you got to pull green bay and just find a way to win in the at the end of the day I'm totally not transfixed by these commercials about green bay getting hail mary's at the end of the game anyway <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wanted to do a quick talk about Georgia Tech. I mean, but honestly, I don't, I feel like without Andrew here, it's kind of sacrilegious. I know my team and I know that, uh, even though because of the slow start, I think people are probably worried, but at the end of the day, the offense is doing what it does. They drive, they score, they take a while to get into the action, but once they do, they're just going. Our problem is really on the defense. I so hate The zone scheme and everything that Ted Roof does as far as not putting pressure on the quarterback just seems to be detrimental to us. We got some turnovers, and that's really what put the game away. Otherwise, our game would have looked, no offense, a lot more like Texas A&M's game where it was just close back and forth kind of hope and pray we come out with the last possession kind of situation. But uh, I don't don't know. I'm not really – I'm not really thrilled by what I see out of our defense. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're going to do anything with Ted Roof, at least in the near future. But my hopes would be they think about uh, replacing him sometime after this season is over. Only time will tell. Well, Artem, I know you didn't really see a lot of other games. uh, Hardly any, it sounded like. Did anything else you watched catch your eye? Did you, by any chance, did you watch El Asico, Iowa, Iowa State?
1: No, you know what did catch my eye? Uh, Notre Dame getting their butts whooped at home by a young Georgia team. Um, And I guess it came down to a fumble. So I was following that game a little bit closely when I was driving back. Uh, And it is amazing how close this game was. I was about Uh, to say,
0: butt butt whooped is a bit of an exaggeration. But, yeah, maybe it's just that I don't want to talk about Georgia in a positive light. Continue. Gosh.
1: I feel like anytime you lose at home, it's getting your butt whooped. You should be winning every single home game, especially if you're a, a top-tier school like Notre Dame uh, and the huge fan base that you have. Uh, especially with all their expectations they had, I think this is kind of a setback for their season. Um, it'll be it'll be very interesting watching them the rest of the season with the heavy schedule they do have every year and uh, see how they kind of bounce back after a home loss. Um, Boston College is next week, and then they got Michigan State. We haven't seen much of Michigan State. We saw Boston College be strong enough to take a close game with NIU and win it. So, uh, you know, even though Notre Dame's probably a heavy favorite, it'll be interesting to see what kind of emotion they go in and how close that game
0: is. With respect, I don't get your random obsession with NIU. That said, I think what Notre Dame struggled with and what I'm worried about with this game, what I saw from this game going forward is George's defense really keyed in on the run and made sure that Notre Dame got shut down. Now it's really early in the season. So it's kind of hard to tell if this was a case of Notre Dame's run offense, just being terrible or George's run defense, just being fantastic. But from what I saw, it was George's defense and that scares me. Now Notre Dame should have still had a chance to win this game. Like you said, it came down to a turnovers. If the quarterback had played a better game, I think they had a chance in fact they probably they probably played out outplayed them in pretty much most of the game honestly, from what I could tell. they just got beat repeatedly in the rushing game. Uh, so it's kind of a it's kind of a weird situation. I never like to talk positive about Georgia, you know my attitude on that. but the fact that they were so keyed in on defense and the fact that their quarterback, even being a freshman, and this is a big deal for quarterbacks who are young. Uh, he focused on not making mistakes. It wasn't about winning the game. It was about let's not make me lose the game for us. And that's a big right. deal. I, he I
1: wasn't perfect, but he did just enough, he didn't he did just enough to not hand the game to the other team. and um, like I, you said, I think it's very interesting that their defense came together. Uh, it speaks a lot of Kirby Smart that, you know, it wasn't just him having all that talent in Alabama. Uh, I think he's actually a smart defensive coordinator, and uh, he's putting his stamp on that team uh, finally this year. So seeing them improve in defenses uh, speaks volumes about his uh, coaching ability.
0: Yeah, and honestly, that does say, this is kind of, when I'm looking at this box score, it looks like an a old-school Alabama box score where it's just like, they got 200 ground rushing yards, and they got 150 passing yards. The QBR, the guy's QBR is uh, 13.2, but it doesn't matter. All he needed to do was get a couple of first downs and let the run game take over, and that's what he did, and they won the game. So, yeah, put it on the coach and the defense and the running game. Don't put it all on your quarterback, despite what I know common tendencies tend to be in our QB-centric world nowadays. Not everybody's Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. and he didn't have to be. (sighs) Okay, now I feel sick. I've been talking too much positive stuff about Georgia. I don't know. (laughs) There were a few other teams that kind of came out and surprised me this week. I mean, like I said, Iowa State really, with respect to Iowa State, I had no expectations for them to win that game. I don't know how you felt about that, but taking it to overtime, uh, that was very surprising to me. There were some other teams out there. Uh, Kansas performed. Purdue <laughs> came out and beat my Ohio Bobcats 44-21. to 21. Purdue looked good, Didn't man. You were Didn't ta-
1: expect Ohio to lose.
0: You were talking about how good the quarterback looked. Honestly, he's not incredible, but with the rest of the team around him, he did a great job. I was surprised. Uh,
1: that was interesting. Middle Tennessee beat uh, Syracuse especially after last week, Syracuse uh, got a win pretty heavily. Uh, Old Dominion beating UMass. Not that UMass is a great school, but Old Dominion's, you know, not a powerhouse either.
0: I was also surprised by some of these close games like uh, Louisville, UNC. Louisville is going to continue to struggle this year, and that scares me. I like Lamar Jackson. I think he does deserve another Heisman based on how he's playing, but the team around him is just not performing my gosh especially the defense like UNC should not have been this close for most of the game especially considering Lamar Jackson put up I think 450 no 550 yards by himself basically and still the game came down to be 4735 UNC it was it was insanely close I think it was actually tied no, Sorry, Louisville actually had a 1 point lead on UNC going into the fourth quarter. But still, it should not have been that close. Not when you when you got a Heisman leading sure. your team. So what the hell is wrong with the and coaching? Now,
1: now you have UNC going into week 2 against Old Dominion. Old Dominion's 2 and 0 and UNC's 0 and 2. Is 0-2. is that going <laughs> to be your upset pick for the week? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know, man. That whole you know how it was with Tennessee when they lost a couple games last year? They're champions at life, but they weren't winning any games. Yeah. Uh, But I agree with you. It was a a little bit of a crazy weekend, but it went under the radar. Uh, Eastern Michigan, Rutgers. Rutgers lost. Um, You had Texas go out, and it's not that they put up 56 on San Jose State. It's the fact that San Jose State didn't score a single point after Texas got rallied by uh, Maryland last week. Uh, That was an interesting answer. And then you had – Kansas lose to Central Michigan by almost double the score, uh, which I don't remember how you guys picked it, but uh, Central Michigan was one of the games that had them winning for a total of three this season. Um,
0: yeah, uh, there's a yeah that was kind of an awkward one. I know uh, I want to talk about this since Andrew's not here, but Army came out and won again, and that's a good sign for them going forward. I love it when Army wins. Duke came out and impressed not that i was expecting them to lose against northwestern but to beat them by 41 to 17 holy crap uh that might need to be a game i watch out for now um and of course the baylor situation although i guess you wouldn't really call that a surprise uh that baylor lost to who was it again i don't even remember now um oh gosh they lost to ut san antonio i think that was the first win ut san antonio has ever had in the fcs that's really sad
1: it was they're i think in a bs team actually and um because they're in the mac because they play houston texas state unt rice utep i don't think they're in the. Uh, they're in oh it's conference usa that's what they're in oh uh, okay um my bad but i think i think they're they're uh they're gonna be a good team honestly um ut san antonio And like I said in one of the preseason podcasts, um, there's no football in the entire city of San Antonio besides high school. So this is their NFL. This is their college. And they put a lot of money into their program, a lot of money into their stadium. They're going to be rising up, as teams like to call their seasons. But uh, I was in the bathroom driving back from A&M and overheard uh, random people talk shit about Baylor losing for the second week in a row and how they're not going back to their games after this.
0: So that does bring up an interesting question. I mean, we wanted to talk about, I think uh, Rutgers gave up the first <laughs> major lo- uh, first big five loss to Eastern Michigan. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe this was UT San Antonio's first big five win was against Baylor. Anyway, so, but Baylor lost to UT San Antonio. What's worse here coming off of that week? Is Baylor the new Kansas? Is that what we're looking at? Or do you think Rutgers uh, deserves that spot?
1: Uh, I think Baylor's still trying to figure out their their whole thing. Uh, I think part of the reason that UT San Antonio was able to beat them was because of Hurricane Harvey. Um, their game against Houston got canceled. That would have been their first game. They would have gone into the game with Baylor with a completely different attitude after playing Houston week one. But that didn't happen. So whereas Baylor got their butts whooped by an FCS team uh, and were already down, already feeling like crap, didn't know how to do a scheme, you had UT San Antonio go in there and be like, we haven't even played anybody yet. This is our game number one and you guys lost to an FCS school? We can totally whoop your butts. Um, So I I, I think uh, Hurricane Harvey played uh, a hand in this one. It would have gone completely differently if, if they had played that first game.
0: You know, that's a fair point, and I think Irma's going to do some similar things, especially in the Southeast. That kind of scares me a bit, just how much of an effect these Hurricanes are having on everything. Uh, Only time will tell. I don't think Baylor's a bad team. They've certainly got talent. I just don't know where the leadership is going to come from with all the chaos going on out there.
1: I don't know how much talent they have left. They had – the NCAA kind of gave them a a big waiver um, for – for anybody who wanted to leave and it looks like a lot of people did leave Uh, I'm just I'm looking at kind of who scored that game and some of the total box score and you know I'm not saying any names I recognize from any of the years any of the last three years as far as running backs Baylor wide receivers
0: uh, quarterback some new kid okay fair fair enough i maybe i just didn't take that into account
1: whoa hold up this is an actual interesting talking point uh did you know that anu solomon from arizona last couple years who won what four state championships in nevada is now the quarterback for baylor
0: no wait what really
1: yep i was looking at it and i was like senior i haven't, I haven't seen a senior uh, but on Solomon is the uh, starting quarterback for Baylor looks like he actually suffered a concussion last uh, the last game so yeah.
0: uh they had to put in Zach, Zach Smith yeah it's always when it's, Zach Z, Smith it's always yeah so I don't know I mean maybe it's just because I haven't paid any attention to Baylor at all but I certainly didn't know that stat no all right well. I think that wraps up our talk for the week. I would normally do the Fish-Smithson report, but honestly, I didn't do any research. I think you were busy. Uh, Andrew's usually the one that's in charge of that. Uh, Yeah, other than the, holy crap. Oh, my God. Go, big man, go. Sorry, I'm watching the Texas game, Texans game. (laughs) Out of curiosity, how far is the drive from uh, Dallas to uh, College Station?
1: about three three and a half hours and i'm taking it again this uh saturday morning to go see the high-powered ulfad offense
0: holy crap texas is a fucking big state all right well on that note we're gonna end our recap for week two right here uh artem you got anything to say to your fans out there you know
1: i'm trying to look up uh a boy from last week um see if he got any good stats and I, n- I know you didn't do a fish smithson report but uh i'm not seeing him Oh, Furbush! there we go yeah, what did furbush Bush do this week here we go uh three tackles <laughs> and a half a tackle for loss so uh you know we're uh we're keeping it uh fresh over there furbush in michigan and uh Got another tackle for loss this week. It wasn't in the end zone this time.
0: Hey, three but, uh, Yeah. Three tackles is better than no tackles, man. That's that's for sure. I oh, don't know. I'm I'm not touching the fish smithson report, though. I need to. I need time. I need preparation. Uh all right. Well, to all our listeners out there, thanks as always. You guys are the ones that keep us alive. Uh, if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about, send us an email at towmeatle at gmail.com. Until next time, have a good rest of your week. Good night, everybody. Don't forget about our Twitter.